What's up, everybody? It's John Bush from Armored Saints sitting here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. You are on the road to rock. Hi, everyone. This is Eric Martin, the lead singer for the band Mr. Big, and you are on the road to rock with Clint Schweitzer. Thank you so much, man. I, I love talking about the things that I love, Clint, and for you to allow me to do it with you. God bless you. God bless the heartland. heartland. God bless America. You are now on the road to rock. It's not just a podcast. It's an unabashed celebration of rock's living legends. And now, please welcome your host, the master of your rock and roll road trip, leading you down the highway to hell, Clint Schweitzer. The next time each and every one of you refer to me, you can just call me the two-time world champion, Clint Schweitzer. Yes, you are on the road to rock. I'm your host, Clint Schweitzer, coming off what was an amazing high as the Chiefs won Super Bowl 57. It was amazing to be in Phoenix, covering all the action, getting to interview the players, being on Radio Row prior to the game. You know, growing up a Chiefs fan, it's just never something I thought possible. We lived through all the bad times. You know, I grew up being a fan in the 90s where Lynn Elliott missed a, a field goal in the divisional playoff round in 96 to losing to the Broncos in 98, to the no-punt game in 2003. I've lived through it all, and now the Chiefs are Super Bowl champions two out of the last four seasons. Patrick Mahomes cementing his legacy as one of the greatest of all time this early in his career. It has been fascinating to watch. So with that being said, the on-the-road-to-rock side of things had to take a little a little backseat here the last couple weeks is Super Bowl planning and being out there in Phoenix. There was just um, no time to, to do an interview, but we decided, you know, we're going to make up for it. It's been a couple weeks since there's been a show, so this week we're going to make up for it as the legendary voice of Rat, Stephen Piercy, is going to be joining me on this very show. This is a this is an interview eight years in the making. I've been trying to get Steven ever since I started this podcast when it, back when it was called Music Mania. And now, Stephen Piercy, for the first time, will be here on the road to rock. We're going to address the comments he made about Motley Crue using backing tapes. We're going to talk about Rat, the state of Rat. What's going on? Is there ever going to be a Rat again? And the current tour that he's going to be on, which is a sunset experience that's going to be coming to a town near you. So go to officialstephenpiercy.com. Look for all the tour dates. He's got more coming up. A new album coming out called Legacy, which is going to include uh, some Rat remasters, as well as some never-before-released tracks from Rat, songs that Stephen wrote with Warren early on in the Rat days. So a lot going on for Stephen Piercy. Just played a couple of sold-out shows in the last uh, month or so. Um, December 30th at the Whiskey A Go-Go. He was in Las Vegas at Counts Vamped with George Lynch and a bunch of his friends and then just played a show in Houston which was hosted by Eddie Trunk which was just phenomenal. Stephen Piercy, one of the underrated vocalists, frontmen from any 80s band and I think Rat is a band that never gets their due. We're going to ask him about, hey, the stadium tour, it finally happened last year. What about Rat? Why was Joan Jett out there opening the show and what about Rat? Because to me, you know, you think about some of the great bands of the era, you know, the Poisons and the Bon Jovis, both of those bands opened for Rat in their early 80s. They were huge. They had several top 100 hits, several top 40 hits. You know, think about Out of the Cellar, their debut album, which was so powerful, just exploded onto the scene. And we're going to talk about Reach for the Sky because that album, as things kind of started to unravel for the band, but that 
Uh, album actually turns 35 this year. Unbelievable. And uh, I'm a big fan of Rat's entire catalog. Their last album, 2010's Infestation, was a tremendous effort from the band and perhaps will be the last recordings uh, that the band ever do. We'll see so much in this interview. Stephen pulls no punches. Before we started the interview, Stephen was very adamant that, hey, ask me about this Motley Crue thing because he did an interview and talking about backing tapes. He's not really judging, but it's not his thing. He's uh, live rock and roll is what it's all about for Steven. So he just wants to get his story out there and uh, he will definitely do that here during this interview, which was taped just a few hours after the Chiefs Super Bowl championship parade happened here in Kansas City, which was attended by over 500,000 people. It was a crazy day. And then got to interview Stephen Piercy for the first time here on the Road to Rock. So things are starting off with a bang here in 2023. And guys, it's February, which means we're getting close to those spring months, which leads us right into the summer, which is my time to shine. Let me just tell you, out on the road, traveling, going to shows, doing interviews, bringing you the full rock and roll experience. That's what we hope to do once again here in 2023. So without further ado, it's time to take you to this week's interview. It is with none other than Stephen Piercy. Welcome. This, this is a first timer here, Stephen Piercy, a first timer here on the road to rock. And um, wow. How the hell are you, dude? I'm good. Real good. Things are uh, way copacetic, man. Can't complain. I'm glad to hear it. I wish you were here today in Kansas city, Stephen. I don't know if you Grew up cheering for an NFL team in Southern California, but here in Kansas City, second Super Bowl title in four years. I guess the Midwest, we got to have something, right? Come on. It's like a big deal. We got to have something. Wait till I get there. (laughs) We've had you here on so many occasions. I think the last time solo you were here at the uh, Scene Rock Bar in in 2016. So we're long overdue for the Stephen Piercy band to, to get over here, man. Yeah, well, soon enough. There's some groovy things happening. Just go to uh, officialstephenpiercy.com and it's all up there. Yeah, it's all up there. So we don't uh, you the, we don't need to do the interview now because it's all there. You don't it's have to hear there. from me. So, I mean, see you later. <laughs> oh, you're bringing the Sunset Strip experience all around the country for the last several years. How many dates do you typically play? You know, in a, like a non-COVID year, like four, thirty or forty usually. Yeah, you know, I, I kind of try to go out and do, you know, well, first I go where most bands fear to go. That's number one. And you got to embrace that audience that puts you there in the first place. But they're not always in Los Angeles and the big cities, Kansas City, you know. So uh, probably about 30, 40, maybe, you know, I try to pick places I haven't been or who are real nice. And we go back and fucking rat and roll. Oh, absolutely. And you just played a couple shows uh, with Vince Neil, correct? How how did those go? Yeah, those are great. It's always cool. You know, it's always cool to to put us together and bring back that 1980s Sunset Strip experience. And that's what we're embracing here, uh, uh, which we call the top fuel compound is, is, you know, while I'm still here doing what I do and I'm going to, you know, give some integrity to the rat name legacy and go out and play the songs that, you know, I wrote and co-wrote and tell the world and hooking up with Vince. It's like going back to, you know, the sunset strip. 
you know, live wire, you think you're tough, let's go, you know, it's, it's way cool. So we have a few more dates planned. Do you feel like here, um, kind of in the wake of the last go around of rat here and say the last four years that your name and your bookings continue to get stronger and to be on, you know, better venues, bigger, cooler festivals, you and Tom Kiefer have done a great job of this kind of building your brand name aside from the Cinderella or rat name, you're getting some really good stuff. I saw you at Rocklahoma a couple years ago, mm. big shows. You just played a hu- big one in Houston hosted by Eddie trunk. I mean, the yeah. Stephen Piercy name has become a brand unto itself to where it's almost yeah. like, oh, I don't know if I need the hassle of the okay. other stuff. Right. <laughs> Well, yeah, and it, and it took a lot of work, you know. I mean, I always had plans, even back in 91, you know, when you've kind of had your fill of something. I personally like to do something else. I like writing with other people. Um, so it kind of started then, in 92 with Arcade. Uh, and then just snowballed in 1995. I figured, you know, why don't I just create my own independent label and do what I want to do when I want to do it. And it's gone, you know, very well so far. Well, and you're, um, at least as of what I read recently, you're getting ready to release a new collection of music legacy early 2023. Hey, it's 2023. So maybe we'll be hearing something from golden robot records coming up here. Yeah. Soon enough. Um, Right. Actually, Friday, I go back in to tighten up Legacy and my lead guitarist, Aaron, Eric Ferentino's uh, co-writer on a couple of the last solo records, um, been with me forever. We've had this EP put together during the COVID days and we didn't stop writing or recording. Everybody kind of ran scared. Well, we embraced that shit and went for it, <laughs> went in the studio, wrote songs. And and if I had a wacky idea, I'd just call Matt M2 Studios and just go down there and lay it down. Um, but we have this EP coming out and the first single is going to blow people away. It's so fucking cool. Way left field and a couple other little things I'm doing. But the solo record number six still needs to come out. And I don't know how many songs we have by now because we started writing that a few years ago. Um, And I'm not one to take this much time during solo records just for the fact that I like to write. And and I don't like to throw shit out there. I mean, I got to tell you, Legacy, when you get a hold of this, there's some stuff there that's quite amazing. I mean, the last song Warren and I wrote. Yeah. uh, Not many people have heard it. I want it out there and every right to put it out. And so there's stuff on there that's really cool. Some live rat stuff, early days, you know, 82, um, before the original guys, you know, Joey, Chris on bass, you know, Coral wanted man. So it's chock full of cool stuff. So that's going to be freaking awesome. Can't wait for that. You've always been someone that kind of gets out in the forefront. You, do a lot of solo material, you release good albums, and you also did something interesting that I think should be more explored more in the business aspect of music. In 2008, you re-recorded I'm Insane for the Wrestler soundtrack, and talk about why more bands don't do stuff like this, because I think that that's a great way to kind of gain back control of your hit songs and have it re-recorded in a different way. Why don't more bands do that? 
Well, you know, I think it's almost become the norm now for those who want to take that on. There's bands re-recording their full records. And there's a couple advantages to that. Number one, you get paid twice on Mechanicals, kids, so pay attention. And, uh, you know, the same with the publishing. If you, you know, want to uh, stimulate your catalog, there's nothing wrong with re-recordings. And number three... (laughs) Unfortunately and unfortunately, if these movie people or whoever want the real deal, they'll go get it. They'll just go to, you know, bypass you and just go straight to Harry Fox or somebody or to the label and and say, I want the original round and round. Or, for example, we'll re-record round and round like we did for Geico. Right. And like I've done many times, not just to do it. I do it for a reason. Uh, even way back. Um, but it, it, it's pretty much kind of norm now re-recording your stuff and, and there's nothing wrong with it. All it does is, yeah. is if you're, if you're a co-writer on any song, you have every right to do that as an artist. And I think if you want to give it a twist, a new sound, uh, I'm getting ready to do this. Uh, I mean, we got a lot of groovy stuff going on here. Um, a version of, I believe it's, lay it down and it's i call it the mondo phonics mix and it's got this trippy club groove but there's going to be a very well-known rapper on this song and not trying i would love to take it back to the run dmc aerosmith thing and i had no intentions for it to be that i just approached it and wanted to do it for a long time. Let me try to put this with that. I think it'll be a perfect fit. Went into the studio, recorded the song a totally different way with scratch, this, that. (laughs) Just have fun, right? Well, it's been brewing. And finally, I had the opportunity uh, um, to address it seriously and say, let's get somebody really well known and get on this thing just for shits, you know? And, and, you know, stir up the pot. And it wouldn't be the first time because KRS One uh wrapped over uh round and round a few years back. So hey, anything goes. In my world, anything goes. You I know love it. people love I mean people fear doing things that are so easy to do. And it's not a matter of uh, uh flopping, you know, or having huge success. I mean it, it doesn't matter we just do it and hopefully something good comes out of it and have a good time, you know, embrace that shit while it's here. You know, I mean, look, there's a lot of us falling. I mean, too many left and right, you know, know. there's only so many real eighties guys, you know, around. And like you said, you know, Tom Kiefer, well, Tom Kiefer probably hears those Cinderella songs another way like me and we want to address it and perform it. And, I mean, there's, you know, but nothing but respect because, look, he's the voice, he's the writer guy, and it's just what some of us do. I mean, you know, hey, I'm just embracing the shit, and and especially this year with um, the 1980 Sunset Strip experience. Yeah. It's going to be, it's going to turn into this whole new thing, which we're very excited about. 
Well, you brought it back to the Sunset Strip just, uh, what, about a month ago, a New Year's Eve Eve at the Whiskey-A-Go-Go, which I'm told, Stephen, now we don't want to alert any local fire marshals or put any you know police onto this case just yet, but it was somewhat oversold at the Whiskey, and it was a rocking time, and what better place to see you and in that environment, I mean, you talk about a throwback, every time I see you or LA Guns or any of those bands in that venue... Man, it's just over for me. It's amazing. That must have been a great show. And I got to tell you, thank you. It, it, it's the whiskey to us is is our old back. I mean, it's our backyard, you know, yeah. Motley Red, <laughs> Watts, you name it. Everybody's been there and done that. And I love going back there because it just has this environment besides way cool people we've known for, I've known for years, um, since 82 when we started playing there. So it's always a great fucking time going there. It's like, hey, he's home, you know? And I'm like, oh, I'm home, you know? <laughs> I mean, you just get in there and do your thing, lay it down and, and it, just have a good time. Matter of fact, we might be announcing a surprise show there. So, haha, you hit on something very interesting. You also played a show in Vegas and I'm, I, okay, I, I was in Vegas a couple weeks ago to see Brian Adams, right? Okay, don't don't judge, Stephen. But that night, that very no. night, you and George I would Lynch? Love, I would love, dude, not to interrupt you, but no. I would love to see Brian Adams. Are you kidding me? Well, Come he on. was playing the same night as you did at Count's Vamped uh, oh, well. a couple weeks ago. And so I, I had to, I couldn't, I mean, I missed it. I, you, George Lynch was there. Who you all, yes. you guys played a bunch of guys were up there that night. And it was a little, little more, uh, economically friendly shall we say than the brian adams show yeah well yeah that was a good gig it was uh chris angel was was out there a bunch of friends wrestling wrestler oh. character but i gotta tell you i love those gigs where you get like george i i totally nothing but respect for george sure. uh, and you know i keep telling him we gotta write together we gotta write an original song you know i'm one of those guys who likes to, to write Whatever yeah. comes out of it comes out of it. At least you can say, well, we've co-written a song together. I mean, I've written with plenty of people, mega professional to my peers. And it's it, you never know what's going to happen. So we'll see. But that was an amazing gig. Yeah, the Vegas gig was way cool. It was uh, that was a croaker uh, a gig, I believe. It, it ended up being like a private thing for a friend of our uh, for Ronnie, a friend of ours if I got his name correct. And he just said, let's just open the doors. <laughs> and that's what he did at the last minute. What was supposed to be a private gig turned into a, uh, you know, come on down. You know. Probably another fire marshal uh, incident. But uh, I got, I got <laughs> yeah, to ask right? Stephen, is uh, you kind of made headlines just a few days ago and we were talking about it beforehand. So, you know, I feel like it's okay to bring it up and ask you. And you kind of were critical yeah. of, some bands using backup tapes and uh, Motley Crue, of course, restarted their uh, world tour again uh, with John Five on guitar, which I love John yeah. Five. But um, kind of, it was kind of getting slandered around. Just kind of give your side of the story and kind of what you were, you were uh, maybe expand on what, what you were thinking in that situation. Yeah, well, look, first of all, it, it's not the first time, you know, Millie Van Vanilli made that, aware people aware of that ages ago when nobody really did right um but i mean now it's it, it is it you know it's going to be the word of the day norm it, you know it's almost normal now but yeah. you know i can't put down any of my peers for doing it because whatever works for them you know you might have something going down on stage and and you gotta have it or something and 
that was my sentiment on that. Was somebody he asked me, "What do you think about Motley using tapes?" And I'm like, "Well, it's well known now, uh, so it's not like I'm." I, I said something uh, out of context or or needs defending. To each his own. I'm I me personally. I'm old school. When Robin and I put the basics of rap together, it was to be just a live, fun, hard rock band. And and none of this and none of that. And that's where it, where it sits, you know? I That's just my sentiments. But, I mean, if somebody uses them, great. If it enhances their trip and, you know, you got so much going on, you need the shit. But to each his own, man. No, no disrespect at all. It's just some people do and some people don't. I don't. Well, as these world tours are happening and you see the stadium tour last year finally occurred, I, I think back and I look, I remember when Joan Jett was on stage and I, Steve and I love Joan. She's great. But I keep thinking Joan. about, I keep thinking about rat and I keep thinking about your guys's place in the annals of rock history. And I know you guys are not exactly fluid currently, but when that offer rat could have been in that slot is my point. I mean, when you got poison, Def Leppard, Motley Crue, Rat has well, a sure. place there, it, right? It, it, it's it, it's a no brainer. It's called good business, you know. That's the, you, what I'm getting that's, at. That's, that's like uh, you know embracing this 1980 Sunset Strip experience we're right. trying. We are going to put out there, um, but yeah. But unfortunately, in our scenario, Rat, right? Uh, as far as the band, I'm not in control of some of the other guys' lives and of course what they want to do and and they've they've been there done that it's not even a financial thing there's always plus and minuses to you know the crime and the crime could be putting us out there and not having it work you know but i've i've put it out there so let's put the nail in the coffin right now sure yeah <laughs> been out there doing what i started and that's why i created this band mickey rat turned into rat but honestly without robin you know i we've tried to fill shoes and it's all good you get away with it but look i i would rather be in you know i'd rather put rap music out there with me than a band you're calling rat this won't come back and bite me in the ass either because I've put it out there. I've asked the other guys as did one of uh, the original members. Let's get together, try to figure this out and do some business. And cause that's what it is. And if somebody doesn't, they don't like Warren. People ask me, you know, what's Warren doing? What's Warren? Well, fuck. I don't know. <laughs> Give me a call, dude. <laughs> you know, Let's chit chat. What are you doing? We have we can write songs all day long, Warren and I. We can put a record out in fucking a week, you know. Uh, so we'll see. So right now, this, this is where it's going to sit. And you're correct. Rap would have been perfect. But, hey, I'm the representative. I am, the you know, I created the monster. So here it is. I ain't going to be doing this or I will not be putting myself uh, you know, through these extensive tours and all these things 
it's winding down, you know, as some of us want to do. That's why there's no rats. Some of us are content probably to sit around the pool and, you know, go golf or do nothing and say they're doing everything. So me, actions speak louder than words, you know, yeah. so and there it is, rat and roll. And you're out rat. there, like I said, Stephen, always bringing it to uh, rat and roll, whether it be on a big stage like Rocklahoma, whether it be in some of the great sure. venues around the country, you do it. And I got to ask you about this business venture yeah. because I, I, you're, you, I'm interested in this. It's called, is it Vammy? Vammy? Vammy, yeah. Vammy. Yeah, Tell Vammy. us about yeah, that. Well, it's reality studio. Yes. And that is something that we're taking time with. Christy Adair, my business partner in this venture. And, your, val and your Valentine as well, by the way. Oh, yes, of course. <laughs> he has loved. Um, I've had this idea years ago. It just didn't happen overnight. People have done things similar, but nowhere close, hmm. even close to what we can present, especially if you have, uh, you know, products, uh, you have your tequilas, you have your records, you have your this. Well, you can reach 250,000 people out there uh, in the metaverse world, and you can have a live audience at the same time. It, you'd have to really go there and check on it. It's V-A-M-I-E-E.com. And some people get it right away. They go, oh, this is good. Because I believe it's a great thing. Nobody's, like I say, people have touched near but not as close as this. It, it, it's not going to happen. And that's because of the facility is such a state-of-the-art thing. It it's, has nothing to do with green screen. Believe me, I can reach out and literally grab you with me, you know, and you can sit right here and chit chat and you could be in Alaska, you know, and I can put you in a seat next to me right here and play a little acoustic song. I love it's this. crazy what can go down there, you know, so it's going to take time and I'm glad you brought it up because you probably went, oh, this is interesting. Okay. Yeah. So instead of selling booze and stuff like that, I'm, <laughs> I do these kind of ventures. <laughs> I mean, we do sell the coffee now kids uh, with riders and rockers coffee. Um, and but it, it, it's quite a quite a venture, and we're taking our time. It's like we're not in a rush to shove this down anybody's throat because eventually they're going to go, God, can we check this out? It sounds really fucking cool. And, yes, it can make you a lot of money. It's what you put in is what you put out. So Man, I love it. You're were, like a renaissance man, Stephen. I, who would have yeah. ever thought it? You're like uh, David Ellison or something. He does, like, everything. You, it's this. The, it, it would do product launches, live concerts, award shows, press conferences, all of that to be able to bring that all together into one place. And I know this as a member of the yeah. media, I just spent a week at Super Bowl radio row and doing all that stuff in Phoenix. Oh, nice. Like it's just like overwhelming. And there's times where it'd be nice to be able to just have a space where you could get into and do that easier. Now we got zoom. We're doing this on zoom right now, but this is so sure. much bigger than just uh, something like zoom. Obviously. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, if, if you only knew some people don't get it, they look right. at it. You know, I approach Sammy, Sammy on it. And I will again, because it would be perfect for somebody who, you know, who has product and, and this and that, and still wants to go out. It's bringing the tour to you. You, you're, you don't have to go out there and tour. If you can reach 250,000 people in one night, and still have a live audience in the metaverse world where I can shake your hand or put you in my house. Uh, uh, that's crazy shit. And 
you know, eventually people welcome to the future, you know. Absolutely. And God bless it. Um, I got to ask you about kind of the general health of, of, of the band. I mean, I know it was, uh, gosh, this last summer, Eric had some issues and, um, but I've also heard that you are doing so much better and are cancer free after what you went through. I watched the, the documentary that you had on uh, ASY TV, nothing to lose. Like kind of, yeah. A ton of brought that up. You and you and Eric kind of both had some, some health things that Eric seems like he's up and rocking. So he's, he's doing much better obviously too. And he's been with you for so long that it's just good to yeah. see. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Eric's doing better. It's, I mean, him kicking back on the beach is the best thing for him because he works his ass off. I mean, you know, at any time, any minute I can go, I need this kind of a song. I'll have it in a matter of hours or the next day. I mean, our working relationship is great. Uh, my health, I'm, I'm under a maintenance program and it's every three months. And thank God that, you know, I did, you know, catch my, uh, uh, cancer early and it wasn't any heavy degree you know i just lost the original drummer mickey rat through stomach cancer and it's right. like you know everybody's dropping left and right and and it's like you know well i'm here right now like i say i'll be doing this for a bit i don't know about you know how that's what's good about for me yeah you know i can reach all these people if i want but i don't have to go out there and do you know this crazy ass road work um but i do love the live audience still sure. i still have a good time i mean i don't know what people think like but me i have a great time when i'm out there there's no reason to not uh, to be positive and excited about being on a stage having fun yelling at people you know and, and having a good time you know yeah i had a good time with you uh one time here steven and the quick story is you usually do like a Judas Priest song or two in your set. And like, I, I, you know, it was like, it was like Labor Day weekend. I'd had quite a few drinks that day. You threw the microphone in my face to sing like the ver the second verse of free will burning. And I, I just blanked and I'll never, <laughs> never forgive myself where I'm like, fast and furious. God, that's the first verse. I, okay. I'm out. Nope. I'm too much. <laughs> well, I gotta tell you, I have those same problems sometimes <laughs> just singing my own shit, dude, after 40 something years. I mean, <laughs> especially when you have a catalog of, I mean, I, you know, I just try to write the best songs I can, but there are some songs I really would love to regard. So I, we have some good stuff in the works coming. We I have, Matter of fact, we're calling uh, extensive rehearsals before the next shows because, I mean, I've added I want a woman to the set from, from Rad. I've added uh, a bunch of other songs that we haven't played in years. The band Rat hasn't even played in years. And these are songs that opened up our arena tours. So I'm going back to the Sunset Strip experience, my friend. There and is. that's what's happening. OfficialStevenPiercy.com. Last thing, Stephen, before we cut you loose, you know, when we get to this point, it's a, it, this is a badge of honor. When you get here and we start celebrating anniversaries this year, we celebrate the 35th anniversary of Reach for the Sky. I'm just curious as to where that album for you kind of ranks in the Rat Catalog. And of course, it was uh, <laughs> after Dancing Undercover, before Detonator. And to me, City to City, I Want a Woman, Way Cool Junior, Don't Bite the Hand That Feeds, so many great tracks. But where does Reach for the Sky rank for you 35 years later? Wow. Um, Reach for the Sky. I actually like that record. I had a, a, a interesting time creating the the, the album art. Yeah, it's um, 
And and actually, uh, I don't think there was vinyl ever released with the original cover. There's not a strip over the lady's boob. Right. And I I don't know what happened there, but I love that record. Musically, it was different. I mean, Warren was, you know, coming up with these chops and, you know, way cool, this and that. Uh, city to City actually goes back to Mickey Rat, 1979, okay. dude. Yeah. You know, so how that got in there. Um, but it was a it was a fun record. It did well. And, and you know, the tour was groovy. Uh, things were winding down. Uh, I believe, who produced that? That Bo was... Bowhill. Hill? Yeah, Bowhill was brought back into that. And the story is out there, and Bo will even explain it, I'm sure. I think it was supposed it to be Mike Stone. Well, we did. We went in with Mike Stone, thinking Zeppelin, Stone, you know, we get these great basic tracks, and we'd see what would happen. But even me, no disrespect to Stone, I mean, I'd go in there and go, uh, what are we doing? And, and usually I'm used to feedback, my producer going, try this, try that, do this, do, do this a hundred times. There wasn't much going on there. And I, and I was getting a little concerned. And it was an interesting time for us. Things were about to implode. <laughs> so we did the best we could, as we always did. And uh, I, I that's probably that why we're in this situation now. Exactly. I also love Nobody Rides for Free. That was like one of the last songs you did on the Point Break soundtrack. That's still one of my favorite rat songs. So maybe that gets busted out in a Stephen Piercy show coming up sometime soon, too, my friend. Well, I don't want to give things away, but <laughs> we're going to be in rehearsals for a good reason. And I'll tell you, you I want to do the video hits. You know, yeah. we've done like 16. I, I just want to play the whole video. So tell me what you think, kids. Uh, yeah, yeah. If it means anything, this random guy from Kansas City says, yes, absolutely do it. Steven Piercy, thank you so much for being on the road to rock. It has been a true honor. Tell the lovely Christy, thank you so much for all her help and everything that she does to help us and incorporate this and set it up. Thank you so much. And we'll see you out there in the stratosphere this spring or summer, my man. You got it, man. Official and fuck yes. Thank you so much.